Hello, and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today we have guest Marin Gelfond, one of my good friends. Hello, Marin. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, so we're going to talk about your experiences in a psych ward, also things around that, just like mental health and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the first question I always ask is, how much time have you done, meaning like in a psych ward, yeah. therapy programs? I like was that. there for two and a half days. Uh-huh. Just once. Okay. In, like, what state? So uh, I was in college. So it was in the middle of Missouri. I did it at the University of Missouri. Okay. Psych evaluation place. Okay. The psych ward there. Yeah. And it was wild. Like, being there was so weird, and then, like, how it happened was also really weird. Mm -hmm. Not really. I mean, it was pretty normal for me. Okay. But so what led you... I mean, also this podcast, share whatever you want. Don't right. share whatever you, like, don't feel comfortable sharing. Um, what, like, le what led you to being like, yeah. hospitalized? So it was, like, stop day. It was right before finals. Mm -hmm. First semester, my junior year, so I was, like, 21 for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'd gone out with a friend, and we were drinking, and we had dinner, and, like, drinking more. And I don't know, there was, like, kind of a little bit of a brownout. Yeah. And then I was home. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I know, I'm like going to my kitchen in my my apartment cuz I lived with four people. I was one of four. Okay. We all had our own bedroom, own bathroom, we had a shared space. Yeah. So it's like literally 3 in the morning. Okay. Go to the kitchen, grab a knife. I don't know what compelled me to do it. Okay. It was just like that kind of like pimple forming ahead where it was mm. This was, like, the official, like, thing, you know? This was my breaking point. Yeah. And I, like, figured out that I was, like, not going to do well on my finals, was not going to do well in my marketing class, which really mattered to my yeah. major. It mattered to the degree I was going to get. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I really, this is where I have to change. Something has to change. Mm -hmm. So I go and I get the knife, and I'm, like, in my bed. So you're drunk, though. Hammered. Yeah. And I'm, like trying to cut myself mm -hmm. and there's our knives were really dull so it was just like more of a bruising kind of thing and like yeah. I still have a scar from it yeah but like I never bled there was no blood mm -hmm. so I was like okay put the knife on the ground I was like th what do I do now and I only <laughs> You're like I'm not even good at this I was like yeah I'm seriously failing at <laughs> just doing one thing that I thought was gonna help me yeah and it didn't and like I remember I was like, okay, I guess I should just, like, jump off the balcony. Like, I didn't know. I didn't think I wanted to commit suicide, but I knew I needed something that was going to, like, have a release. Yeah. And I never really contemplated suicide. Like, I knew people did it, and I knew it was totally possible. Yeah. And I'd, I'd known that there were, po like, ways to do it. I'd known yeah. all the different ways. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll jump off the balcony, whatever. I was on the second floor. It's not like that would have really done anything. I yeah. would have really just hurt myself. That's like, yeah, that's almost scarier. I was talking to um, Derek recently, who was on the podcast, and he was saying that he lived on the fifth floor and was going to jump off. And he's like, I was just scared I was going to survive if I yeah. jumped off. Like, because, I mean, and I don't want to get like too graphic, but he's like, if I jumped off like the fifth floor, like I probably would just end up in a wheelchair the rest of my life, and like I would rather die than. I literally live looked the rest out of my over like and that. I was like. Okay, so there's grass and bushes. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to – nothing is yeah. really going to happen that is going to <laughs> end this. Yeah. So I was like, F, can I swear? Yeah. I literally said, fuck it. And I FaceTimed yeah. my best friend. And she's like, 
why are you sobbing? And she was drunk too, because it was like nighttime yeah. and it was like a weekend. Yeah. She's like, what is going on? So I held up my wrist and that like, you could see that there was like some sort of attempt at something yeah. there. And she's like, Marin, we'll talk about this later, just call 911. And I was like, okay. Oh, wow. So I tried to call a couple other people just to like get some, get like my head together. Yeah. And no one was answering. Obviously it was three in the morning. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna call 911. How did you feel that your friend said that, though? Were you, like... I was expecting it. She's very logical. She's a CPA. Okay. So her brain is very A, B, C, D. So I was okay. like... Yeah, I already knew that I was going to do it. I just kind of... I think I yeah. needed that extra I push. just think if somebody... Like, like personally, I think if somebody told me that, I would be like, fuck you. Yeah, like, come pick me up. Like, what do you... I know, but she was in Indiana, and I'm in Missouri. Oh, That's hard too. shit. Okay, I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. so... I mean, my family was six and a half hours away driving. Yeah. So right. I was like, I, the only people I have to turn to are people here at mm -hmm. Mizzou. Right. And they're all asleep. I'm not waking anybody wow. up. That's selfish of me to wake yeah. someone up about this. Yeah. So called 911. What's your emergency? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, just, I need to go somewhere where I know that, like, someone safe. is watching me. Yeah, that was how, yeah, that was how I was like. Like, I need to yeah. be watched because mm -hmm. I'm going to be a danger to myself. Yeah. And I've considered dangerous activities and I've done something dangerous to myself so I just need to be watched so the police came and they're knocking on the door and they're banging and I was like shh I let them in I go you have to be quiet no one can know that you're here this needs to be as quiet as possible isn't I that so funny though do like, not want to make a scene I yeah. don't want my roommates to know until I choose to tell them that like this right has happened. so they're like I talking really loud in the hallways in my apartment building echo because it was like yeah. Outside, you like walk out and you're outside. It's yeah, just like college, a roof. like apartments like that are yeah. very. Yeah. Like, so I was like, shh. And they're like clomping. And I was like, I'm sorry, you really have to be quiet. Like mm -hmm. nobody can know. I just, I Police felt like, don't I, really have, like, I felt like I was like knocks. a famous person. They're like holding me under my yeah. arm. And first of all, I didn't have my contacts and I had my glasses in. I had no bra, no underwear, no socks. I'm literally wearing winter boots, yeah. a pair of leggings, like a sweatshirt. I was completely unprepared. I thought I was going to go home the next day, kind of thing. Okay, I see. But obviously I didn't. Right. So I get there, and they breathalyze me. It's the hospital at Mizzou. It's not even the closest one to my apartment building. It's the Mizzou hospital, because I was a student. Yeah. So. I've been there. <laughs> because, no, <laughs> let, let me just tell you, I don't know if this, like, preludes into your experience, but uh, I used to go to a Jewish summer camp yeah. in uh, Missouri, and so on our oh days off. Oh, my God, yeah, wait, where'd you, where was it, what's it called? Camp Sabra. Right, so that's and how you know. Right, so on our days off, and we would pie. go, yeah, so on our days off, we would go to Columbia and, like, right. hang out, because I was, like, the only, like, civilization towards us, and so anyway. we'd go and hang out, and I had an allergic reaction to peanut butter, and had oh to be, like, God. driven to the Mizzou hospital, and it was the worst experience I've ever had, like, let me just, this is an example of how bad they are, I was, like, vi violently, like, throwing up, and, like, in the waiting room, I was throwing up, right? Yeah. Like, while they were getting my information, you're like, I need allergic. your birthday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I was, like, throwing up or whatever. And then I get into the hospital room, and I'm like, I'm going to throw up again. They gave me the same bucket of throw up that was, like, in the waiting room. They're like, let me bring it. I'm like, you don't – this is the most sterile place. Like, you don't have you another think, bucket. You think it's sterile. Yeah, bucket to throw me in. And, like, they, like, brought in, like, seven medical students. It was like, this is what allergic reaction looks like. Like, I was, like, a zoo animal. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really – it really wasn't a good experience. But you but, have to remember you're in Missouri. No, I know. But that's why I was like, this isn't – like, I'm not at Northwestern or Rush right. Medical Hospital where, like, everything is treated. Like, mm -hmm. you have, you know, something like serious. Like, you're in Chicago. You're exactly. Not, you're in the middle of Missouri. So, yeah, when you said it was wild, I was like, I'm sure. Because yeah. Because I've – 
literally been there. Yeah. Where it was like medical students. I'm like, are you guys even like allowed to take care of me? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what this. When I was laying there and they took my, they took the, I breathed a lot. I don't even know what the v- verb is. I breathed. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, you have yeah. to wait because you're too drunk. So oh. I was like, I'm really not that drunk. Like, I didn't think I was that drunk, but everyone mm-hmm. kept telling me I was so drunk all the hospital. And I was yeah. like, I'm a college student. This is like a pretty normal. This is my pregame. This is yeah. a pretty like normal coming out of a brownout for me. Yeah. Like, okay. Because so, I didn't blackout. I was like slowly sobering up by this time. It was like five o'clock in the morning. Right. So then, what was your process like getting into like getting admitted? So you were there, and they breathalyzed yes. you, and then they probably they made asked me wait. You. Right. And they were like, "Okay, we'll come back in an hour. Breathalyze me again." That was the waiting was the most insane part. And then they took me yeah. to a room mm-hmm. somewhere else. I had to sign a bunch of things. I had to hand all my stuff over. They gave me that orange, I don't even know what material outfit that is. And then they had me in a room with... What were you wearing? That orange thing. They make you wear, like... Are you serious? Oh, my God, yeah. I had to change my outfit. Like a jumpsuit? Was it? It was two pieces. It was an orange T-shirt. Did you feel like... Literally made out of, like, a little more than paper towel, but less than cotton. It was orange? Like you were a prisoner? Yep. So wow, I've n- honestly never heard of that. This is a first. Yeah, Damn. and it was, it was. I was like, whatever. This is the, what is supposed to happen. Yeah, I don't really have anything. Like you're to a caution sign, <laughs> right? Jesus. So they stick me in this room. It was like, I don't even know what it was, but I remember I was just sitting on the floor because I didn't want to sit on the t- on the chair. Yeah. Sign all the stuff. Then they take me upstairs, and this t- it's like six o'clock in the morning, and the doctor is trying to explain to me like what the process is, and I was like. I really can't pay attention. I just need to go to bed. I'm really tired. It's right. Six in the morning, oh I've been God. up all night. Yeah. And, and he was you like, wanted to kill yourself. It's okay. Exhausting. Yes. Like, yeah. The trauma from that, like, that's a, any sort of trauma. Yeah. It's exhausting. And he's like, okay, I have a few more things to say. I was like, I promise you, it's not going to process in my head. I need to go to bed. So, yeah. luckily, there weren't that many people there, I guess, because I had my own room for the first day. Mm-hmm. I slept the whole entire day. Yeah. They tried to wake me up to go to group therapy. I'll do all that clinical stuff. Mm-hmm. I did have to go to the doctor, and they upped my dosage of Zoloft, which yeah. obviously didn't help. It just made me, like, grind my teeth and, like, you oh, know. Oh, so you had, like, side effects from Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, tried to make me eat. I didn't want to eat anything. Yeah. It was really the most peaceful. I had been in a long time, mm-hmm. like, at peace because I didn't have to go to school. I didn't have to talk to anybody. Yeah. And I didn't really have to worry about myself because – right. I was just, all, all I wanted to do was sleep. You yeah. Know? It was like that for two days. I know, I slept for like. So they called my dad at like five in the morning and he said, I get the call, I answer, whatever, we're done talking. I, You know, that was my home phone. He goes, I go back to bed. And then I go, what the fuck am I doing? And he gets up and packs a bag because he has to now drive six and a half hours to go get me. Oh, wow. So he wasn't there until, you know, 11. Oh my God. Probably so later. Can't. Noon. Yeah. They wouldn't. I wasn't allowed to see him until six p.m. They made my oh, dad wait. Oh, because of visiting wait. hours. They made my dad wait. So he like dr- drove he six sh- and then waited. Waited, in the waiting room of the psych ward. Wow. And my one of my friends was there from Mizzou too, and she like gave me this note and whatever. My dad's like, whatever, you know, we'll figure this out. You were really drunk. Yeah. You know. I but but like in the beginning you said you don't really know like what led to it but I'm sure you did. Yeah. I mean you know even when you're drunk like it kind of just exacerbates what you're already oh, feeling. Oh exactly. So, drunk words so, or sober thoughts or whatever. Right right right. Oh yeah. Did you feel like uh, 
what you did was like conducive to how you were feeling before though like before you were drunk like have you oh yeah i been felt shitty and, for a long time yeah i've known you for a, a while and yeah i know you're like an anxious person so oh do yeah you think, like, always had anxiety now i did not know i was not diagnosed with depression until like college mm-hmm. and like the my whole first semester junior year was just shitty mm-hmm. like i was super sad i wanted to drop out didn't mm-hmm. think i could because it was the first time where I was like, I'm not going to be in the journalism school. Like, oh. this is the whole reason I came out here mm. to the farmlands, right. to the armpit of America, yeah. where it's 100% humidity every day. Yeah, and no, I there, literally, yeah. like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. So it was like that whole plan B and not being able to cope with the plan B. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. I mean, it's a huge life change. And then also when, uh, when you don't have almost like a plan C. Mm-hmm you think the only plan is like when you have an anxious mind or pressures a depressed that's depressive mind a. the only plan right the only plan is to kill yourself mm-hmm. like that that's that's how i viewed it where like i i think that's why i attempted suicide when i tried to quit diving and i think it was because there was no other option right it was either i quit diving which i couldn't handle right or i stay in diving which i couldn't handle right so i shouldn't be here exactly that's so that's kind of where your logic goes right it's never because it's always it's almost too much in the moment where, like, I can't even live past this exactly. moment because if I don't get out of this right now, I can't, I'm going to die. Literally, like, the thing about anxiety is you're constantly looking at the future, and I'm like, yeah. I can't see the future, so clearly right. I'm not in it. Right, exactly. Like, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, do you, like, are you a big visualization person? Huge. Yeah. I so. visualize myself getting a job, and I still don't have one, so. <laughs> That's how I yeah. feel about it. But you know what's going to happen, though. Eventually. Yeah, no, you know what's going to happen. And, and the thing is, is it, it makes it so much more rewarding when that type of thing happens, oh. especially, like, doing something in the entertainment industry, like comedy. It's like, I know things are going to get better right. even but when I like, bomb. But, yeah, and you this know. is, like, I don't want to say a hobby, but it gives you joy. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And I don't have anything, like, you want, gives me joy like Netflix. I watch for TV sure. all the time. No, for sure. I need like, something else so that it takes my mind off the fact that I – and not at all where I'm supposed to be at the age of 24. Or where your your 18-year-old expected what exactly. I'll be at 24, this is what it will be. But I'm the type of person that, like, I'm not the most um, – I don't – I'm not religious at all. I'm very – you know, I've talked about this. Like, I'm very culturally uh, affiliated with Judaism. Yes. I don't really practice the religion, but I'm so connected to people that are Jewish. I just feel like I automatically right. have a connection with them. But – I do think that everything happens for a reason and not in the spiritual sense, but I'm able to look back once something does happen. I'm like, oh, this is why it happened. Oh, yeah. Like, if I didn't quit comedy, I wouldn't – or quit diving, I wouldn't have started comedy. Right. And, and if I wouldn't I, be talking to you. Like, it's it, – yeah. yeah. That, I think so. that a lot. Like, if I actually was successful with whatever was going to mm-hmm. happen that night, yeah, wouldn't have gone to where all those countries I went to last summer, wouldn't have seen right. Fleetwood Mac live, like – wouldn't have had all these amazing memories with my friends that have happened in the past, you know, however many years. Right. And also, That's if great. that didn't happen then, it probably would have happened now because it's it, you're prolonging, hard right yeah. now. What I say, too, is, like, if, if it doesn't happen, you're kind of just prolonging the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe I would have started comedy, but I wouldn't have started it earlier, and then maybe my path would have looked different. And then same with you. Like, there's a lot of things that, I mean – I don't know what would happen if I continued diving, but mm-hmm. I mean, I remember too where I transferred to DePaul and 
I didn't feel like I belonged there necessarily, but I had an out, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So that sometimes can be maybe like frustrating for you because I had an out with comedy. All my friends are from comedy. So when I go to class and I don't talk to people and I'm like, oh, these two people are friends. Why don't I have friends here? I'm like, oh, no, but I have a different set of friends, yeah. you know? So like I, and then, but then before I started DePaul, I took like an, a waiting period where I was just working on my OCD. Yeah. And that for me was really difficult because I wasn't doing anything. Right. I didn't have a job. My job was therapy. Yes. And then therapy, it still feels like you're not doing work because you're just it's talking about yourself. Your, it's like, uh, so like to me, I am not in therapy currently because yeah. I know the triggers that happen if I need it and I'm good right now. Like, yeah, that's great. Even though it fucking sucks that I don't have a job. Like, yeah, I have an amazing support system and I know a job will come and like, I shouldn't make that my life. Right. So I just, I know I've got my friends. I have like the little things that I enjoy to do, mm-hmm. but it's just like, I couldn't imagine being, thinking that you're supposed to be somewhere like you mm-hmm. and then only and not, not having anything to turn right. to. Yeah. It's a very big thing in our society too. where like, and especially I being Jewish. North Shore. Oh yeah. There are so many issues that everything's like a secret. Oh yeah. You know what's funny is, uh. So we're me and Marna from Deerfield, which is uh, <laughs> a North Shore suburb. Yeah, of Chicago. and it's very interesting that you like bring that up because very affluent. I never. Oh yeah, very. I never um, uh, told people I transferred, and I meet people. I see people from high school, and they're like, "Oh, you went to Denver, right?" And I'm like, "That's so funny that like yeah, I kept people- the secret because I didn't. I wasn't on social media for the year and a half that I like took off, right. and that was the best thing I could have done for my mental health." because I never talked about transferring, I never talked about the reason why I transferred, I never talked about quitting diving, I never talked about starting comedy until I started comedy, and I was like, this is what I'm doing. Right. You don't know where I am, how I got there, but this is just what I'm doing. And that was the best way I could have coped with it, because our our suburb is so talkative, clicky, um, it's really Jewish, and not that like Judaism's a bad thing, but the whole thing with being Jewish is that you have to go to college. If you don't go to college, what are you doing? Right. And then if you don't stay in college, okay, are what you starting are you your own business? Like what? Exactly. That's, they and that's the only option: it. starting your own business or you're like super successful, money wise. Like you've got a lot of cash. Oh, a lot. Yeah. So, but I understand because I can't imagine living. And like once I moved out of the North Shore, everything got better. And like mm-hmm. not to you know. And but I, but that's what happened. <laughs> you're I like know. move I still, out. I still live at home, everyone, with my yeah. parents and my brother. <laughs> No, but I get it. It's hard, and I mean, I I had like a pretty aggressive eating disorder, and then when I moved out, I got it got so much better. Yeah, because I had more to do. I think part of my eating disorder was just boredom, and that was the only yeah, thing. Yeah, what I am could I gonna control. do? Walk outside and see people's homes, like in the city. It's so. I mean, I'm here every weekend. All my friends have done. Yeah, it. for sure. So and that's definitely like, a good escape. Let's and, just go for a walk. Okay. Right. And there's like people to see, and there's like places. stuff around you, and yeah, like you could just pop in, and there's always dogs around. Yeah, like, there's I don't not have a, a dog pond at my house right now with like old people sitting there and exactly. that's like where I used to live yeah. it was like a pond I couldn't even imagine yeah well you lived in a neighborhood yeah but there was st- nothing ever goes on in any neighborhood no and then Coromandel right am I allowed to say that I yeah because like that's where I had two friends there. yeah yeah my aunt um moved into my old house and then now she moved out so it's just like this it's 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 interesting to like talk to people who yeah, like I'm in a completely a different old people. Yeah, I'm in a completely different world now. Yeah, like it's so interesting to meet people uh, or like see people from high school and they're like, "Yeah, I'm like still friends with this." Pr-. I'm like, "Whoa, right?" I have like four friends. Oh, have you school. talked to so and so? Why? 
Right. I saw someone at Nordstrom <laughs> when I was downtown. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. I made eye contact with them and their mom. And instead of like waving or saying hi, I squatted on the ground. Stop it. And hid behind a clo- <laughs> clothes rack. Like when you're like five. And yeah. my friend's like, what are you doing? And I go, shh. Yeah. So and so was over there. She's like, oh. And then she ducked to Stop it. Did she say hi? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. No. And, and I, then you I have mean, to come over. I just waited like, out. I didn't yeah. go over there. They just think I'm weird. I was like, whatever. I do not want to talk to them. No, like, it's it's definitely. Hi, how are you? Oh, right. my God. Like, you look so skinny. Yeah. What have you been doing? Yeah. Nothing. No, it's it's very. Well, the whole thing's really disingenuous. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to. Especially somebody like you, and that's so why I think we were kind of drawn to each other in high school. Is we're both really honest. I'm not gonna fake. I don't yeah. fake anything. Yeah, and that's why it's probably really difficult for you to see people because it's interesting when some people started messaging me when I started doing comedy, and they're like, "Oh, I see both." I don't even remember like, how I found okay this podcast or you. Like, I don't remember how we reconnected. Yeah, I think I think you messaged me on Instagram, <laughs> but Duh. probably through like one of my stories. But I, I definitely like that's how that's how I promote everything is through stories and everything. And I right. and, and um, no, it's just super funny. Like the specific people who reach out to you and mm-hmm. uh, I do think people change, but I definitely like people. I I think that's where a lot of my anxiety stems from is like, oh, well, people in high school like think X Y Z, and then I stop thinking about it because I'm like, oh, I'm. Why would I care what they think? Because I'm not. Yeah. I've been having stress dreams where I forget my locker combination at Deerfield. Are you serious? In E Hall. (laughs) What's that? Why? I'm. (laughs) I've been graduated for six years. Right. No, it's insane. Or I I keep skipping Spanish and then I have a Spanish test, and I. Yeah, that's really bad anxiety. I know those dreams are. That's just started happening too. So it's funny that I'm with you. We are back from break. Hello, and we're gonna talk about. Uh, how alcohol affects mental health and obviously you kind of touched on that in your experience and how that kind of led you to where you you know what happened right and but kind of not like a suicide attempt but more of just like I need help sort of thing so yeah so what are your thoughts on that and yeah yeah. (laughs) great intro your turn um I just from a lot of people that I've spoken to who have mental health issues there's always some sort, you know, of substance mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of pushes them yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So obviously, as just like a human being who's grown up and gone to college, like alcohol is the most attainable substance for us. And I'm annoyed when people don't think it's a drug because it's yeah. 170,000% a drug. It's just labeled something different. Right. I mean, it, it alters your state of mind. Absolutely. Anything that alters your state of mind is a drug. Is a drug, and for me, it's shopping it's, too. But well, yeah. who who calls it not a drug when they're not justifying it though? It's always somebody who's saying, "Oh, it's not a drug," when they're justifying uh, their abuse with it, somebody else's abuse, or their overuse, right? Or justifying it's not a drug because of something in their own life. It's never really like something good that happened and they're like, oh, it's not a drug. It's like, no, you're saying it's not a drug for a reason so that you can justify you being better or whatever. Exactly. Like, I'm not addicted. That's what people who are addicted. Right, exactly, exactly. So, um, and obviously that, in my my thing and what we kind of talked about was just that it exacerbates everything. Like Mm -hmm. you said, your words drunk are your sober thoughts, which which sometimes sometimes it's not, but sometimes it's... I'll say whatever, whenever it doesn't right. matter what's yeah. in mind, but I won't do things. 
Oh, so it's more action. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm I'm more thoughts and and also both. So um, actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I never attempted suicide when I was um, under the influence. However, I only cut myself when I was drunk. Mm-hmm. Usually, I uh, cut myself for probably like four or five six months and it wasn't like every day it was only when no. I got super overwhelmed exactly. and a lot of the times I did it when I was drunk so after I uh I think the after the last time I cut myself I went to the hospital and then after that I didn't drink for a year and a half because I yeah. was scared and, and then I also had an eating disorder so I had time. this mindset that alcohol would make me fat so that was also part of my mental health Thing. Right, totally. Yeah, so <laughs> just makes me laugh. Yeah, but like that—that that was my whole mentality: was that alcohol is gonna make me fat. It's gonna do all these things to me that it never did before. I gained 15 pounds when I was a freshman. That must right. be from alcohol. So it affected my mental health not only when I was harming myself, but also when I had an eating disorder. Yeah, I think and I gained all my weight sophomore year from drinking. Yeah, just and I had a boyfriend who was also <laughs> bigger, and our thing was like food. Yeah, for so. sure. Oh, a lot of relationships. Yeah, definitely. Then we broke up like right before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. That was the end of my sophomore year. I dropped 13 pounds in two weeks. Wow. Then I had my breast reduction. Okay. And I was like, yeah, like so (laughs) cute. Yeah. I was like super confident. I didn't care that I had scars. Like, right. That was like such an amazing point in my life. So the fact that a year, like, literally six months later was going to be the worst part of my life Mm -hmm. it's just super interesting how it was like such a high and then oh it's so interesting how things can like alter because I remember that's funny you say that because I remember when I got my tattoo we both have your tattoos Mm -hmm. we both have breast reductions uh it's just funny permanent body stuff whatever yeah exactly so (laughs) I so I got my tattoo and it said I can and I will and it was a way for me to cope with my OCD right uh because like on the diving board I I was I was thinking I'm gonna hit the board I'm gonna hit my head I'm gonna I remember all of your my ticks things yeah so so basically, my my therapist she verbatim goes, "All right, Joe, I know you're gonna think this is gay, okay?" She's like, "But you need to come up with a mantra." And I was like, "You're you fucking idiot!" Like, That's never whatever. Work. So, but I did it because my mom sent me these coloring books, and I colored in this thing that said "I can and I will," and I stuck it on my mirror. And then she said, instead of saying all these things in her head, just say "I can and I will," I can't, even if it means nothing, even right. if it's just words, just say it. Right. And then it became my mantra. And so I got it tattooed in Hebrew and I was like this is gonna help me and seven days later I attempted suicide right. so it's just like it's yes yeah. and it helps me now but like in the extremities that you're not gonna look at the tattoo and be like this is I'm why good I'm right I need to it's more I'm relaxed exactly it's more when I'm working out and I'll see it and I'm like oh I can get through this last mm-hmm. set of push-ups or oh, whatever yeah, yeah. but it's never extremities where I'm dealing with suicide or mental health right. or depression so. I haven't dealt with anything super wild yeah in a really long time uh-huh because I mostly know like oh you're stepping out of bounds there, buddy. Like, and how do I know you, so how for to people, cope with that. Yeah, so for especially people Especially, like, if I'm drinking with friends. For sure. So for people who are listening, watching, whatever, what do you think you're... How are you able to identify... Because the hardest part is, like, sometimes we can only identify that we're in such a low place when we get there. Mm-hmm. But how do you identify it when you're saying, oh, I'm slipping up or, oh, I'm about to get there? Well, what I mostly know not things? to drink all a lot. Yeah. To okay. control that. So for me, I'd say I have a, a decently high tolerance. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about wine. I've gone to wineries with my parents, so like that is my preferred yeah. me too. wine. Like, yeah. and so that's good. But like when you go out, you have hard liquor. If you order wine at a bar, you're judged. 
But I don't really care. If I want to get wine at a bar, oh, I, I will. do all the time. Like at, at like a clubby bar. Yeah. So there I'm like, oh, I'll have a vodka soda with lime juice. Right. Like, that's my to. Yeah. If anyone wants to buy me one. <laughs> um, but I just know, yeah. like, first of all, I don't really like the taste of alcohol mm-hmm. anymore. Like I used to, like, I used to kind of crave it. You know, in college, mm. you're like, oh, it's Wednesday, you know, right. gotta, after class, blah, 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 sure. whatever. I usually didn't drink on Wednesdays, Thursdays. Yeah. So me for too. me, it's like, first of all, I don't even like the way it tastes anymore. So I will, and it's expensive and I have no money. Right. So those kind of things are also helping me drink less. But also it's just like, I don't like, it's not that I was ever out of control. Like I could always control my body, okay. always very aware of my surroundings. Mm-hmm. It's just like being in touch with like okay. things that are going on around you. Mm-hmm. If something's happening yeah. that is kind of setting you off, remove yourself from the situation. Okay. Because that's why fights happen so often when you're drunk. Because like someone's like, oops, sorry, I bumped you. And then things get wild right. and my brain ramps up really fast like that okay so i just know like remove yourself from the situation go take a pee look at yourself in the mirror like right everything okay. is fine like you're doing what you normally like you're hanging out with your friends you're in a social space like literally so you just fine. start thinking logically instead of exactly. oh anxiety brain I need yes to go get in touch with my anxiety which yes. is it's like gonna re- make you removing myself from that headspace uh-huh. For sure. No, that's great. I mean, yeah, and it well, definitely exacerbates everything because I remember, I mean, too, when I, you know, I, I would self-harm when I was drunk, and I think I wouldn't have self-harmed. Whatever caused me to self-harm when I was sober was way different than whatever oh, yeah. caused me self-harm when I was drunk. So I think it definitely just exacerbated the feelings I already had, and I told my friends, like, look, I can't drink anymore because I'm harming myself. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, it's definitely, alcohol just makes everything worse. And then, um, I remember, yeah, there was a lot of just hard experiences that I went through when, when I was self-harming. And I know that if you want to like speak to that, um, because I would do it and then I had to wear a bathing suit Mm -hmm. every day and, uh, and I never, the people on my diving team, great people love them, but I never want to call anybody out, but like I, they probably did see this them and I think that's such a big issue in our mental health system and the education we have around it is that people are kind of trained not to touch it and they're like well that's their problem I'm not gonna right go there and I'm not gonna say anything and I think that's what led me even to cut myself more was that people right. knew about it and then I'm like oh they know about Let's it and they don't care how I can push the boundary right they don't care and then I'm gonna do it because I feel more alone now because I feel isolated mm-hmm. and I almost did it to isolate myself it was like a self-sabotaging kind Absolutely. of circle that's just the way yeah my bur- like I cyclical totally Mm -hmm. it's like well this is happening so this needs to happen so this is going to happen this is happening so this needs it's it's the same thing yeah Mm -hmm. and like have you so besides I mean this I mean I don't want to get like too dark but it's like I don't care okay so have you uh any like self-destructive patterns you want to speak to yeah besides alcohol really it's yes Sorry, mom and dad. I'm in a lot of credit <laughs> card debt. I was when I when I got out of. Do college, they know about this? Oh yeah, when I got okay. out of college. Um, yeah. So I had a credit card for gas and groceries, sophomore, junior, and senior year because I had okay. a car. Uh, when I got out of college, it was at twelve grand, and my parents were like, "We are not paying this. Right. This is out of control." So what I, did you buy? Clothes, clothes, shoes, makeup, jewelry, okay. bars, going to bars, buying my friends shots. I'm oh, still wow. like that. I'll always 
I'm always like, I'm a giver, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It's hard, like, being so nice to everyone. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so that was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And I think they realized the magnitude of it when they packed me up after my senior year. My whole family came to my apartment and helped pack me up, and I had six cars. Six family members had to go to my house at home to drop stuff off. Like, I have so much stuff. Yeah. It's hard. I'm a clothes horse, like... For me, fashion is a way to, you know, express myself without me having to talk to anyone. Right. Is it also a way for you, because I was super into fashion. I remember we kind of bonded over that nice Oh, yeah, too. I still remember those Jeffrey Campbell boots that you have. <laughs> I know, yeah. Those I love my those favorite. boots. They were my favorite. I wore them to the ground, and I don't have them anymore because I wore them so much. And they're but, not even available online, trust no, me. I look. Oh, I'm sure. And your shoe, nobody can see your shoes, but they're, they're really cute. They're cute. Yeah. <laughs> so... I feel like what's so interesting about that is that... I also overeat. Okay. So you're a binger. I'm like, I have that gene where it's like, too much. Come on, keep it. Yeah. Like, always, in every mm-hmm. way, like, everything is always just too much. Like, mm, excess. everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. I will eat myself until, like, I cannot breathe, until I have to unbutton my pants. Yeah. I will shop, and I will push that limit, like... I need a job soon or else well, I'm going is there, to end do you up feel like it's getting sent there, to collections. Like, okay. It is bad. Do you feel like, you're, like it's filling a hole, sort of? Absolutely. I don't okay. have a purpose, so I need to fill it with a purchase. God. Okay. That's exactly. That's not funny, but that's really funny. No, it's like, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And, well, so to speak to that, I was super into fashion, and then I kind of fell out of it through my depression, and I was like, I don't give a right. fuck. But... I remember I kind of fell out of my fashion thing because I started comedy and that was a way for me to get validation. Right. And when the fashion thing was like, I wanted validation. People yes. were like, oh, we voted for you for best dress in high school. And I'm like, yes. yes. Like I, I was obsessed. Right. And then I started comedy and I actually probably bought like three new things since I started comedy just Can for like practical how purposes. How do you do that? How do you do that? <laughs> it's another time. But I literally don't. <laughs> it's, an, it's a tutorial. But um, I, I really think it was – for me about validation Absolutely. and getting people to be like, oh, I like your shirt or oh, I like this or oh, I like that. And even though I said I didn't like compliments, I loved that internal like, oh, Absolutely. I bought this and I got, I, it felt worth buying to right. me. And so that was definitely like a self-destruct. And now I just do comedy and I'm like, this is the way that I get people to like right. me and validate exactly. myself. It's so that, like warm, fuzzy, oh, I got 300 likes on my Instagram. Kind right, of for sure. Yeah. So you think that that was definitely, well, that's it also another. It yeah. It always has. Like literally I, in fourth grade, my teacher's like, you have to stop unzipping people's coats and seeing what they're wearing. Like, oh, so I used to be su- like, what are you wearing? Like, I was curious. <laughs> and it wasn't like a, oh, I'm, I look cuter than you. It was like, a, right. I want to see what you're wearing. Like, maybe I can wow. copy that outfit, too. I've literally always been into clothes. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always remember Still that. Still am. Like it, yeah. I wish I could say, like, oh, I've changed. But there are... I'm older now. So I, you're I, I buy clothes better. Right. But, like, it's still that same kind of, like, hunt it's literally a hunt for me. And do you ever feel satisfied, though? No, because it's a hunt. Right. So you're never, Constantly like... Constantly hunting. That's what I always think. Like, I remember I got this shirt that I'm wearing right I now. I love it. For like, thank you. For, like, Look, 30 bucks. Yeah, shoes. no, those are... I love those. They're from um, Last Chance. Have you heard of that? No. Nordstrom Rack on crack. <laughs> it's literally Nordstrom Rack Rack. Oh, wow. Like, the like you can get current Elliott jeans there for 25 bucks. Wow, that's great. Um, I know that. Yeah, yeah. No, but I got this shirt, and then I, like, wore it a few times. I'm like, oh, it's just my shirt now. No. Like, I I was so excited to get right. it, and then there's the – it's that it's the need of validation and the, the craving for 
other people's approval and attention right. and uh, which is definitely tied into mental health and a lot of the time stems from anxiety especially where we're from where it's like oh external validation is what I need Mm -hmm. it's never and it wasn't until I was my mom was going through like a really bad divorce that I kind of learned about what internal validation meant and that you can only feel fulfilled through within but I didn't get that until 20 right and usually people don't get that until 50 so I'm lucky enough to even you know get it at all but like so yeah so alcohol exacerbates it uh eating do you feel like you was i why i kind of stopped drinking was i also uh ate too much while i was drinking like i would drink and get drunk and then i would just like i i I used to get the drunchies i don't but it was more than like for me it was like oh i'm filling this hole because i'm never going to be able to eat this junk food again because i would limit it for myself Mm. when i was sober so when you were drunk the calories didn't count exactly yeah I mean, the next day, I, like, looked at the scale, and I was like, Oh, yeah, I have terrible stomach problems. I've been going to doctors for months now. Really? Like, there's something wrong with me, and we can't figure it out. But it's it's for another time. Yeah. (laughs) No, I have – well, it's interesting because I – Jews have bad stomachs. No, yeah. When I um, got over my eating disorder, I started developing stomach issues, Mm -hmm. and now I'm on medicine right now for it um, because I have some stomach things, and I had two colonoscopies last year. I mean, I had, like, a lot of stuff going on, and I totally can relate to that. And But that's what people don't get is, like, a lot of physical stuff is from anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I mean, I've taken more shits probably at Laugh Factory than I have at my own home because I'm so nervous before shows yeah. that I have to go. It's an anxiety duty. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I've been having those forever. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, de- yeah, definitely. And, I mean, any other habits that you have that you kind of want to like discuss i just think it's really good to get awareness out about the other things people don't know people know right. depression is being in your bed people know anxiety is overthinking people know that drinking right. is like gonna get you into trouble people don't know the kind of ins and outs of i guess the s- specifics of it right like or how like it kind of levels. manifests itself. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i definitely think my it's not so much the depression anxiety mm-hmm. for me right now. It's like I can't control what's happening outside my life, so I can control what's happening in my life. So kind yeah. of OCD thing. Okay. So I find myself like cleaning a lot in my family home when we have a cleaning lady that comes two times a month. <laughs> okay. Um, I find myself like taking care of things that I didn't used to take care of, like emptying the whole dishwasher instead of just the top and make my brother do the bottom. Gotcha. It's kind of like I've taken on this new entity. Right. It's not terrible, but I know it's going to You know it's that part of control. Going yeah. to like hit another pimple. Oh, when I was when I was in uh no and I relate to that. When I was in having finals or whatever, I all I do is clean. I clean the whole oh, house. Yeah. I scrub mm-hmm. everything. And yeah. that's definitely a form of O C D because it's obsessive. It's a way of controlling and then it's the compulsion is the cleaning. Right. So yeah, I mean yeah, it's just like did. I can't help it. And I remember like after my dad had picked me up and then he took me to my apartment so I could get new clothes and put on some underwear for the first time in like two days. Yeah. He was like, your bathroom's disgusting. And I was like, huh, <laughs> I guess I really did let myself go there. But it's right. Like, I was showering. I was taking care of myself, mm-hmm. but I wasn't taking care of my surroundings. Gotcha. And now maybe this is like a form of control from you flipped it. Yeah. I shower still and yeah, I yeah, yeah. myself. For but sure. now it's gone even further where I'm like, other things are bothering me now that didn't yeah. used to. Like and it's not, well, people think the OCD cleaning is everything has to be neat and clean, but I think it's different. Yeah. I think it's more just a control thing where you're cleaning it because you're 
almost when you don't feel like you have a purpose that's almost like a purpose Uh and then when it's done you're like okay i got that right so yeah and it's like my routines are starting to come back like Mm -hmm. the things i do before i go to sleep Mm -hmm. and like things i do in general so what if like so this is a problem that i had with my ocd so what if you were in the middle of a routine and your friend called and was like i need you like, would that to freak you leave out? my house? Yeah. First of all, none of my friends are around me. Okay. <laughs> I live in the city. If I was like Marin, it was like 9.30 and you're like brushing your teeth or something. You're like, I still need to wash my face. I'll still need to like do this and right. do that. Right. I have to shower. I How does that like, routine. does that like rattle you? The thing is, while that used to, it wouldn't now. Because okay, like, so I'll just did. go home. It doesn't matter what time. Like, right. I'll be able to finish it then. I can put it on hold. Yeah. So before I was like, no, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I can't. Like, I have to finish this, and then when I'm done, like, I'll come right. to you, but I'm first. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, someone needs me. Like, this is fine. This can wait. My eye cream isn't going to run away. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm 24 now, so I need an eye cream. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. And, it, well, people don't know how, like, far OCD goes. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what it is. When you, you don't feel like your life is in control, so the only thing you can control is this. So if somebody needs me, no, I need to take care this of what I have to be control. done. Or else when I'm there th- doing, taking care of whatever needs to be mm-hmm. done there, I will be constantly thinking, thinking of what I left behind. Exactly. No, my it's so interesting. And, like, I don't want to – obviously, I never want to speak bad of anybody, but this is how bad it is where one of when I was 13, um, my – uh, cousin passed away he was like 13 years old died of a heart attack playing basketball and it was like two weeks after his bar mitzvah and so my uh my grandma who has she i mean she doesn't know how to listen to a fucking podcast she can barely <laughs> right. like text me she has a flip phone that like stays off in her purse all day so she um has this routine she's been eating like cinnamon toast crunch for like 30 years like it's like every day she wakes up Mom. listens to the radio does her little workout like she's 80 I don't know two three and my mom called her and she's like I can't go to the funeral because like she's like well who when will I get my hair done I have to cancel my hair appointment like I have to do this she got so rattled but like a child is dead yeah and still her her bowl of cereal yeah was gonna be abandoning her yeah you know it's like and people don't realize like that's how extreme yeah that OCD goes because it's your you're chained to it mm-hmm. and you can't bring it with you right. if what you have what you need to fix is right. you know at your house it helps you keep things in your bottled up container and you know something something yeah. happens things are going to get loose oh yeah so like you got to just this needs to be done things got to stay in here and then i can tend to the outside oh it is so scary and my mom is like what are you talking my mom thank god because my mom has ocd i mean you've seen the inside of my house it's like the clean it looks like steen oh it looks like somebody's died there like she (laughs) it looks like she's like sprayed bleach all over the floor it's so nice but like that's how my mom is too so my mom got that it was compassion and my mom didn't look at her judgmentally like how could you say that she was like no 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 no. i got you because it like takes one to know one she's like like we'll figure it out right you need to go to the funeral. Exactly. This is your like, like this is something your that nephew. Has to be done. Yeah, so it's and that's hard when unexpected things happen. Exactly, you unexpected can't plan is, for them. Exactly. Yeah. So, but that's what anxiety is is un, is is uh, almost awaiting the unexpected, and then when the unexpected happens, you're like, oh, but I never knew it was gonna came. But you were thinking about it the whole time. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's just it's that's how that's why when people are like, oh, you're not spontaneous. I'm like, no, I just have. I, like a disorder yes that like almost it can almost shape shift your personality oh yeah 
into what to, you do. I, you know, I associate spontaneity with impulsivity. Mm. And right, and you're like, oh, so I'm not impulsive. Like, I'm not. I'm sorry. What a surprise! A surprise! Yeah, <laughs> in my life. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, yeah, you can't have. But it. I've definitely gotten better. For sure. Oh yeah, it's so funny because I because I had. I'm my, older now. Right. And I'm like, what? Why did I try to kill myself? That's such a pussy move. Like, I almost couldn't get my like I got a D in my marketing class. Like, that's so annoying. Like, grow up. Right, but you can't see like we were saying before. You can't see past the moment. There, you can't see the future, so there is none in your head. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard, and it's it's so interesting how you say that things have changed over the course of time. Because when you said like impulsivity is. Uh, spontaneity but I was super impulsive in high school and so that's why I got in trouble a lot like Mm -hmm. with teachers with authority so then it changed to OCD because I felt like my impulsivity was in control so I changed my routine couldn't be out of control if that makes sense and I remember in high school too we both did gymnastics together and I told I was really an open book and I told people about everything that was kind of my way of coping was like getting as many people's opinions of like just telling people everything because I couldn't keep my mouth yeah. shut about what was going on yeah. and that was my way of coping and so I remember I told you like I had a panic attack or something and I, I'd never had like it put it put me in the hospital that was like one of the first times I went to the hospital and um I didn't like stay there or anything but I just like had a panic attack and uh I told you and you were like yeah I have a panic disorder Drew and I was like what like I didn't know anybody else yeah. <laughs> like had I used to get panic attacks like two times a day in the middle, I remember, like, the worst was, like, in my English class, I literally could not remove myself from the room. I was just, like, like frozen, like, le- what is that called? Pa- paralysis. Like, I literally, oh, wow. and usually I could always escape the situation. Like, doesn't matter. I'd be like, oh, sorry, I have to go. Like, I'm in class. I got to go to the bathroom. Right. There was this one I had that was so bad, and I could not get out. So. But it's, like, this, it's this. Do you know what causes it? Never or did. Or sometimes it's just. I never did. It, all of a sudden, it would be, like, the the heart racing the sweaty back, bottom to the top of my oh back. Oh, my God, yeah. And then it would be, like, I would move, but my body wouldn't. And then the out-of-body whole, like, looking down on myself, the displacement, like, all of that. So, yeah. No, I know. No, I know. I I mean, I have them. I had one two nights ago when I couldn't go to sleep. I was like, there's no way I can breathe. There's I no haven't way I can had breathe. one in years. Really? Years. So that's, but that's the thing is that people's like mental illness, when you have stuff, it shape shifts into other things. Like when oh, your yeah. life is moving forward, there's different things. Like my big thing in high school was ADHD and impulsivity. Now it's anxiety. Mm-hmm. It just really changes. And I think it just depends on like obviously what's going on in your life. But I mean, the whole panic attack thing, it's just, that's something too that people don't understand how it's so physical. So physical. Yeah, I know. It, your heart's racing. It just like drops in. I'm Might like, I feel like oh, I'm, I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. It's happening. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Have you seen? Uh, it's called The Mind Explained. Oh, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah. My dad wants to watch it, but so, I, I need to put it on hold. Okay. I had to watch Sharp Objects. Oh, that was mm-hmm. intense. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Your Sharp Objects. This must be yeah, very light. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Missouri. Yeah, I'm yeah. familiar. <laughs> exactly. Just kidding. Yeah. So I watched the mind explained. Yeah, you need to explain. And that somebody to me. told me somebody told me about how uh, this guy, my my coworker, he was like, "You need to watch this like anxiety one." He goes, "I'm just warning you though. Like I watched it and I was like I almost had a panic attack and I was like, oh. fuck. Okay. I'm and I'm the type of person tonight. that like if you tell me you're going to a psychic, I'm like, guess my future, bitch. Like I'm very like if somebody tells me I'm getting anxiety, I'm like, no, I'm not. Even though I'm the most anxious person. Right. So I was watching it. 
before I was going to bed. And I was four minutes in, and there was all these. Basically, what happens is this man at the top describes what a panic attack is, right? He's like, I can make myself have a panic attack right now if I wanted to. Oh, yeah. He sits there and he goes, <gasps> and there's yes. all these like diagrams of like what goes on in your head. Right. And I, I turn to my boyfriend. I'm getting I'm like, goosebumps. I know. I turn to my boyfriend. I'm like, I, I can't totally watch this. could give myself one, but I, why do I want to? No, do of course not. It is exhausting. No, it's actually exhausting. So, so basically, what happened was is I turned it off four minutes in. I couldn't watch. I eventually finished it like the next day, but I turned it off my boyfriend like took my phone from me and I was like I cannot watch this right I'm getting a panic attack and I like told my coworker the next he's like I know like I have anxiety he's like I don't get panic attacks but I had so much anxiety mm-hmm. from watching this and then the diagram led up with the and then it was all these jump it's co- the science it's not like oh yeah. this is just in my head no that's it's, it's real I'm right like it's a real thing things go on in your body exactly <laughs> so it gets it it was super interesting to be to see something like that and how heavily it can affect you, even if you're, yeah. uh, your head's clear and you're like, I'm gonna watch Netflix. It's like, oh no, we're this. This is uh, ambulance. It's not just yeah. Netflix. No, I'm calling 911. <laughs> this is yeah. So yeah. it's so interesting how that stuff can affect you. And then I remember you were the one of the first people who did tell me like I have a panic disorder. Oh, I would tell anybody. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what happened, but I've there's something that happened in high school where I was just like, if someone wants to know something, I'll tell them. Mm. If they want to come out like. I'll tell them, I don't care, like, can you see my neck hair, which is one of my biggest insecurities, yeah. like, kind of thing. Okay. Like, I'll always point that out. You know, I'm always, like, out there. So It's it, more it maybe, like, I'll say before you do type of thing? Definitely. Yeah. I'll criticize myself. Well, what do you think, what, what do you think that, because so many people, I mean, part of the mental health awareness thing is that uh, people don't talk about it, but I talk about it so much, so much. that I'm like, how do people not feel the need to kind of I, tell everybody but right when i before when i was in eighth grade when all the shit was going on with my brother he was using drugs at an early age he was having temper tantrums like at an older age that right. somebody shouldn't be having and i was so embarrassed by it and i never told anybody and then i remember one thing happened yeah and i just let yeah. go and i was like this is what's going on in my house this is why my brother's in boarding school and there you didn't care about the repercussions no i didn't because i was like i can't keep this in anymore and mm-hmm. that's what led me to be an open book sort of because I was so, I couldn't keep it in any longer. What do you think, or like advice do you have to people that feel like they can't say it? Yeah. Because a lot of it's past experiences. Like, oh, I've tried to open up and people have shut me down. That's a big thing. And you're with the wrong people. Right. But then then how do you get, like, what's your advice maybe to people who kind of feel like they don't? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, like truly don't be afraid of what people think of mm-hmm. you. And the thing is, people don't think of you. I, I That's like a huge thing where yeah, I was like, oh, so I right. care so much about what people think of me. People don't think of me. Right. They don't think. They're like, they see me, they'll think of me for two seconds. It's yep. done. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So it's like, Because who do I you have, think about most of the day? You. Myself who do I think unfortunately, of? Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just exactly. like, it's what, if I want, if I want to share something with you, like, just don't be afraid to share because it's the lighter you feel on the inside. I don't yeah. know. I just And like, yeah, I mean I also want people to know what's going on in my life all the time. Because mm-hmm. the minute I shut down, someone's going to know something is up, you know, and that's when I'm going to know like, oh, I'm not sharing myself. Why is that? Yeah, I think I get that too when I don't share and something and then my friend will be like, "Hey, what's going what's on?" Going and I'm on? like, 
oh no it's nothing and they're like i know something something something. and and then when they find out something that happened that i didn't tell them they're like oh i don't want to be perceived as somebody who keeps secrets because then they're gonna kind of see me as uh someone who's shady and that's oh yeah and manipulative right and i and i don't want to be perceived as that and that's kind of why i think i overcompensate and tell people everything because i'm like well if then I don't want to be, be perceived as someone who's shady, someone who's fake, who says they're fine and they're not. I am manipulative. So if I overshare everything, I can choose what I want. The louder mm, I am, okay. the more I can hide. Yeah. And it's not like I have anything to hide. It's like if I share whatever I want, I also don't have to share whatever I want. Right, right. So people can know certain things about me and they can't. Yeah. And it's so interesting, too. We're I don't like, think it's a bad manipulative, though. It's just like who no. I am. Right. I don't think uh, manipulation might not be the right word. It definitely is. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, what do you like what do you mean by manip- like what type of manipulation? If you don't mind sharing, I mean I don't know because now that I brought it up it's like I'm going down a dangerous No, road. no, no. No, you're good. I'm trying to think cuz like I definitely you know want people no, but the thing is, I don't want people like me. I don't care what people say. Right. No, and I've always kind of, like, admired that. So is you. that manipulative or not? No, it's not manipulative. It's just it's being true to yourself, and also it's kind of a, a maturity thing. Uh, where I've I don't... Op- yeah, you... That's what I liked about you. I've never hung out with anyone who was younger than me until you. Oh, like, I yeah, did not like... I only like people who are older than me. Me too. So, like, I've always, you know, we've yeah. always been wise for our age. When we were on the same team, I remember we always hung out with the seniors and they, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, why am I on JV? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew I was the captain, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the captain. For sure. I mean, yeah, and I don't even know if, like, manipulations are where I definitely think it's just being fulfilled with who you are as a person in certain aspects. Obviously, in certain aspects, you feel like you you know, you don't have a purpose or whatever about right. this about yourself, but there's certain aspects where you're like, oh, no, I could be who I am. I don't right. give a shit about what other people think of me. Right. Um, it definitely also, I think, to telling everybody everything, it's the most counterintuitive thing, but I think it is a sense of control because you're Absolutely. able to control what people know. If they don't know, That's they can the sum these part. things. Yeah, they can sum up these things in their head right. about you. And I remember, too, where... Uh, I hear all these stories about people who are sexually assaulted and they didn't tell anybody for years. And, like, I've been sexually violated and I told people. Yeah. I would scream. I've fortunately never been in a situation yeah. like that, but I would yell it off the rooftops. If it happened to you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I For me, it was like I, I had all these assumptions about people where I was like, oh, if this happened to me, I would do this. But I don't think you really know how you would handle yeah, the situation until, until in you the were situation. in the situation. So for me, like, when it happened – um, I definitely was more, you were smarter about what you shared. Yeah. And then I told people because I think it was a form of, uh, sabotaging the other person. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, don't I talk definitely, to this person. I definitely. You don't know what they did to me. I, I get that a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, it's like. Like, I say I'm a stay-at-home daughter, but that's really insecurity <laughs> because I don't have a job. Like Right. No, it's, it's funny. It's a way of, of coping. That's, I mean, that's what me and, I mean, that's what comics do. Like, yeah. we just cope our insecurities with being funny. And that's the thing is, I was talking to Lael, who was on the podcast, and right. she was like, she was like, well, if I say I'm fat, you can't say I'm fat. So that's, yeah. like, her form of control where she's like, I'm going to joke about this mm-hmm. because if you come up to me and say my fat, it's like, bitch, I already said it. What do you, what do you, what do you yes. want? What are you trying to one up me with something I've yes. already done? And yeah, I will with? criticize myself before you even get the chance to. Right, exactly. Like, and that's definitely a form. I mean, that's why, you know, the people who are quote unquote ugly in class, they always are funny because they're trying to mask what you can't say about them. 
and yeah i mean it's just it's definitely a form of control and then the whole yeah and it's just so funny how people don't know the symptoms of anxiety is definitely trying to control everything because anxiety is stemmed from what's out of your control Mm -hmm. so uh okay where can people find you Oh, on the internet? Yeah, yes. Yeah, All over. Okay. I have a Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> What's your Instagram? Marin Drew, M-A-R-E-N-D-R-U-E. Okay. So not like that. D-R- no, D-R-U-E. It's a U-E. family name. Okay. So Marin Drew on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, too. Twitter. Okay. If you want to follow me on Twitter, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, and... Follow on Instagram, Doing Time Podcast. And thank you for watching Doing Time.